Welcome to Economic Development Secrets, where we interview economic developers from across the country. From rural areas to metros, from small AD shops to large regional organizations, we'll hear first-hand accounts from economic developers in the trenches. From what works to what doesn't work, how to build local support, and how to get creative in order to push deals across the finish line. You'll hear everyone's economic development secrets. Welcome to this month's episode of Economic Development Secrets. This month, we sat down with Steve Jenkins, president of the Fond du Lac County Economic Development Corporation in Wisconsin. We had the opportunity to discuss how economic development has changed since the recession and if strategic plans are still efficient tools for economic development organizations. Let's jump right in to Steve's economic development secrets. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, let's see, I've been an economic developer for 41 years, so I'm either out of my mind or I enjoy and have a passion for what I do, and it's it's uh, the latter. Um, <laughs> I have I have I have uh, been one of those people that uh, can truly look back and say, "I'm doing what I'm supposed to do on this earth," and and that's uh, it's been really special for me, and um, I don't intend on giving up anytime soon. Um, as you can tell from my accent, uh, I'm originally from Knoxville, Tennessee, where I went to the University of Tennessee, Go Vols. And um, my undergraduate was in uh, business with specialization in marketing and my graduate studies in urban planning. So um, I, uh, I fell into this uh, field by accident and it was the best day in my life. And I, I just really look forward to serving communities and helping communities uh, grow and prosper. That's great. Um, how long have you been in your current community? Uh, four and a half years, uh, going okay. on five years. And I've been uh, in my career all over the United States. I have served uh, Topeka, Kansas, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, Pueblo, Colorado, Corpus Christi, Texas, and Asheville, North Carolina. So I have uh, a varied experience both in larger and smaller communities. That's great. So yeah, you really know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> Good. Could you um, tell us a little bit about doing economic development on the county level instead of a city level? Well, the county level for us, we, we have um, one major urban center, which is Fond du Lac, and then we have of several rural communities uh, throughout our county, and we serve all of those. So we, our dichotomy is urban-rural, and uh, and there's quite a bit of difference between the two. Uh, most of the manufacturing that's concentrated in Fond du Lac, uh, the city of Fond du Lac, and in another one of our communities, Ripon, uh, Colorado. I mean, um, uh, Wisconsin. It is uh, we. We help those communities, particularly rural communities, to be competitive. We uh, work with them on programming, on incentive programs uh, that meet uh, their needs and their resources. Uh, so everyone is different. There's there's not a blanket type of approach. We take it uh, in a customized way and help our communities, each one to their to their own capabilities and uh, based on their resources uh, become economically successful. So there's 
there's not one formula, there's many formulas. And um, quite frankly, that's what makes part of what we do fun. Right, definitely. So then does each city within your county have an economic developer? Uh, one does, the other depends on us, but okay. even the one that does have an economic developer, we are there as their resource. So we actually work very close with them on uh, project development. Um, we work with them on uh, crafting the incentive packages and actually serve as the interface because the economic developer in that community is a part of city government and therefore they, uh, because of Open Records Act, cannot protect information that uh, to, um, to many companies is, is highly confidential and strategic in nature. We're a private, uh, public, nonprofit partnership and therefore uh, we can protect those records and so we serve that function for them as an interface with their clients so that um, their, their, their clients records are protected. Um, confidentiality in this business is so critical and um, they just don't want their information out there which may tip their, com their competitors and to what they may be up to. So. We, we serve kind of a special relationship in that regard. Okay, great. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the county, like the population, the major employers? Well, we are a population of 103. Um, as I said, we lie on the I-41 corridor, which uh, basically runs from Milwaukee to Green Bay, but from Fond du Lac north up through Oshkosh, Appleton, and Green Bay, is a huge concentration of advanced manufacturing. Everything uh, from marine motors to boats to military equipment, uh, it's varied, but it's pretty sophisticated manufacturing. For us, sitting our, our major employers here include Mercury, Mercury Marine. Uh, so if you see those big black motors on the back of a boat, that's, uh, it's got mercury on it. They're made here and they're developed here. Alliance Laundry Systems, uh, a major world producer of commercial laundry equipment, but they also now are getting into residential laundry equipment under the name Speed Queen, which is an, uh, a legacy name, but it was mostly applied to commercial laundries, but now they, they've discovered a rapidly growing um, residential market. Wells Vehicle Electronics, um, so those three employers all have their world headquarters here. And then, of course, we are a major healthcare uh, center, so Agnesian Healthcare is another major employer for our community. So, you know, we, we have a varied um, list of employers. That does not include on the agriculture side, we have major uh, food processors here uh, as well as um, uh, IT. We are becoming a center for IT operations, uh, particularly in the city of Fond du Lac. Wow, that's great. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the type of businesses that you seek to attract? Well, you know, one of the things we, because we've been so heavily involved in manufacturing for decades, um, and it's still 
represents 25% of our employment, direct employment. If you put indirect on it, it's closer to 35%. Uh, what we, our, our challenge as an organization is to understand that manufacturing uh, today is global in nature. It's highly competitive. And so you see a huge um, infusion of capital in productivity improvements from robotics uh, that really they're not taking a place of people they're taking a place of missing skills and so even though we recognize that manufacturing is going to be uh, still important to us into the future it's not going to employ the same number of people so our job is to determine what sectors we should be pursuing based on the resources that we have, the, the uh, assets that we have, but also to identify potential opportunities if we do certain things uh, to prepare ourselves for those opportunities moving forward. I think that economic development today is much different than it was prior to 2008 when the, the recession started to, to find its its full bore on the on the economy, and I think we're still paying um, some of the dues for that. And we're trying to figure out uh, what is going to be best for our community in terms of prosperity for everyone, no matter where they live or uh, what their background uh, is in terms of education. Our our job is to make sure everybody has economic opportunities that lead to their own personal and, and, and then community prosperity. It's a yeah. very significant challenge today. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, you'd mentioned you know um, economic development changing since the recession. Do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Well, I think that the one thing that, you know, having been around 41 years in this business, the one thing that I have not seen uh, is the speed of change that's occurring. Um, and it seems to be gaining momentum, um, not slowing down in any regard. And I also see probably the greatest deployment of technology uh, that we've seen in the history of this nation um, for, for many different levels of technology. All of those are going to have a profound impact on uh, economies, both local as well as statewide and national. I, I think one of the challenges that economic developers will have to face is being able to deal in that rapidly changing environment, identify where the new opportunities exist, and pursue those opportunities um, aggressively. Um, for instance, we, we no longer operate with a strategic plan. Strategic plans today are dated as soon as they're finished and we operate under what is called a strategic framework. So we, we have benchmarks that over the years we want to improve. We don't set into motion in, as if it was cast in stone strategies to get there. We again operate under a framework uh, in, in the different functions that we are responsible for so that if something is not working, we stop doing it and divert those resources to something more productive. So we, we have what we call the, the entrepreneurial mindset. If it's working, build on it. If it's not working, quit doing it and put those resources to something more productive. That is 
cre that creates for us the ability to be flexible and adaptable in an environment that I, that I do believe changes daily. And I don't see it letting up anytime soon. So economic development organizations have always been great for doing strategic plans because boards ask for that and expect that. And you just can't do it today. Businesses aren't operating, operating with strategic plans like they used to. They're, they're trying to be nimble, flexible, and adaptable. And strategic plans sometimes puts a corral around the ability to do that. I never thought of it that way before, actually. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's it's crucial. I think it's crucial for an economic development organization. Now, mm -hmm. it, 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 you know, to get to that point, your boards have to, and communities have to understand. Look, we, we're not we're not coming up with this this wonderful strategic plan. It's got all these things that we're going to do. We're going to create X number of jobs and so forth. Um, we actually we actually think jobs is no longer a metric of economic success um, because they're changing so rapidly. Mm -hmm. And so what we look at is, do we see advancement in some of the key indicators like uh, per capita and median income, household incomes, so that we know where there's prosperity in the population that then can in turn fuel the economy moving forward. Just because you create a job doesn't mean it's the right job. So we we focus more on the quality of the jobs being created. So it's for us, it's better to create 100 quality jobs that have leveraged impact than to create a thousand jobs that are so-so, don't provide resources to those who hold the jobs that create personal prosperity or family prosperity. I think it's a major mind shift that has to occur and and it's not easy because this profession has been used to saying this is our five-year strategy or or this is what you know we're, we're going to create a thousand jobs this year well you may you may not you may lose a thousand jobs right and so you have to look at it much differently I think today than we did prior to the recession I describe the recession as if you were watching a movie that was fast forwarded and you go, what was that blur about? And, <laughs> and that, that was the recession. And coming out of the recession, it's been much different and it's highly competitive. And it's, in, in fact, I think it's intensely competitive for businesses today and we as economic development organizations have to be able to support that competitiveness with our program. I totally, completely agree with you. Do you work with a statewide economic development group? We do. We have uh, Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, which um, operates out of uh, Madison, and mm -hmm. they are one of our partners. Uh, we get leads from them as well as from consultants. Um, they uh, also have some fairly significant incentive programs um, for both entrepreneurs as well as the standard uh, relocating companies that you see moving uh, all over the country. Um, we, we've not put as much emphasis on uh, attracting companies 
as helping our existing companies grow and to prosper and to create um, businesses from within our community rather than trying to attract those businesses from outside the community. And we've been very successful at that. That's great. So do you have um, more business retention people on staff then than recruitment? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, we, and, and we, we even approach um, the retention expansion program differently than most economic development organizations because we have a very robust business intelligence services. Um, we're able to know a whole lot about a company that doesn't require us to go and ask questions in a sit-down once a year or twice a year interview. What, what we've found, companies are lean. Uh, they don't have time to sit down and chit-chat. So what we have identified are uh, what things can we determine about our companies that uh, are available through our uh, data acquisition rather than asking. And sometimes the the information you get in that regard is more accurate than what someone might tell you because they don't want you to believe that something is wrong with their operation or they're having issues. We can figure that out through data. Mm -hmm. And if it shows that there's some red flags, then we'll go and spend time with them. Most of our companies say, uh, if we need you, we'll call you. And we respect that because we know they're all very busy. But at the same time, we've got our finger on the pulse trying to constantly monitor our employers um, to find out what is going on. And if we, like I said, if we see any red flags, then we'll we'll set up a, a meeting with them. Okay, okay. Um, but we, we could do that because of our business intelligence services. Okay. Speaking of red flags, um, have you ever had a company that was looking at moving away that you were able to retain? Uh, yes. Uh, Mercury Marine um, in 2009 uh, was considering moving their entire operation to Stillwater, Oklahoma, closing down everything here and moving it to Oklahoma. And um, we did the economic impact analysis on that move, and it was it was um, it was rather depressing because at, at the time they employed about 1,500 people here, um, and uh, if you looked at the indirect employment um, just for our county, there were 5,000 jobs that were dependent upon directly or indirectly on Mercury Marine. And for the state, it was 11,000. So um, our, our county executive, um, who I consider probably the, the most knowledgeable county executive I've ever worked with in my, my career as it relates to economic developments, um, began to pull together a proposal for a half-cent sales tax to create revenue necessary to give Mercury Marine a $50 million performance-based loan. And that passed. Uh, part of our responsibility as an organization was to build the business case for that half-cent sales tax, and that's, that's what we did. Um, it was overwhelmingly approved. Um, as a result, Mercury stayed, 
and um, now has doubled their employment. Um, the latest figures, they're 10 shy of 3,000, and they've invested $730 million in the campus here. And again, it's it's the world headquarters of Mercury. They do they have foundry operations, um, motor assembly operations here, and their innovation center is here. And so that was one um, that uh, had they left, um, this community's economy would have been devastated and it would have taken a long time to recover. And what, what was really uh, important about the half cent sales tax, it wasn't just to, to, to support uh, Mercury Marine because it was going to have surplus revenue off of that that went to build incentives for other companies and I mentioned a couple of those Alliance, Alliance Laundry System has gone through two major expansions getting ready to announce a third major expansion uh, Wells Vehicle Electronics uh, built a brand new uh, facility that uh, now has their innovation center uh, located in it and they have been a major supplier of aftermarket uh, auto equipment so you go to AutoZone and so forth a lot of that is produced by uh, Wells um, but now they're getting more heavily involved in original equipment manufacturing in fact they're doing now uh, parts for Mercury Marine and Harley-Davidson which is based out of Milwaukee so that half cent sales tax has not only saved a company from leaving, it has helped um, uh, two or three other companies expand significantly their operations in the county. Good thing you have a very robust uh, business retention program. <laughs> yeah, well, it was um, it was a close call, and, mm -hmm. um, and it was one of those where I, I, I always remind people, just remember 2009. Mm -hmm. Because had Mercury left and pulled up to go to um, Stillwater, Oklahoma, this would have been a much different community than what we see right now. What other challenges does your area face? Well, I think we we always face the the what's happening to manufacturing challenge, and I I talked about that a little bit as it related to county, but it also relates to the entire region because we are heavily dependent upon manufacturing. So we're, we're looking at other opportunities, particularly in aerospace. Um, we, we see some tremendous opportunities to grow the aerospace cluster for this region um, because so many companies here are doing work for aerospace companies and we believe that offers some tremendous opportunities for us to develop a more diversified economy. I think that's the challenge is always diversifying your economy so that when those downturns occur it softens the blow. It doesn't eliminate the blow but it certainly softens the blow and that's a challenge for any economic development organization I think uh, moving forward is constant diversification um, both in sectors but also in job types and pay scales mm -hmm. because it's not all about high paying jobs. People get started moving up the ladder with uh, jobs that necessarily aren't the most high paying jobs but it begins a process for them to move up the economic ladder 
and I I think that sometimes we leave those people behind and get too focused on you know the quality jobs or whatever you want to refer to but we also have a responsibility of economic, as economic developers to uh, give opportunities to everyone that's the reason we have five core values and the first one is servant leadership and we we believe um, that that means serving every single person who lives in our county uh, directly or indirectly so that they can have a better life and a better standard of living. Well, and then your cost of living is below the state uh, percentage, correct? It is. It is. It's, um, and sometimes you, you hear the, oh, we have a low cost of living, and when you look at other factors, it's like, well, the reason you have a low cost of living is because your, your incomes are not that high. But we don't have that. We we have fairly significant um, income levels uh, as a result of the manufacturing base we have, but the cost of living, particularly housing, is is uh, significantly lower. Our housing right now is about 25% lower than the national average, and it's it's not shabby. I mean, it, it's not you know what you consider to be starter homes. These are executive homes and um, and really significant. Uh, uh, houses and so that's one of our advantages is that you you can have a good job here and it costs you less to live here. How neat. So then how do you market Fond du Lac County? Well as I said before we've not put a whole lot of emphasis on attraction but we're beginning to change that mm -hmm. as the I-41 corridor the four communities that are on that corridor are now in the process of working together and uh, so this year uh, we anticipate to begin a process of marketing the corridor and its assets outside the state of Wisconsin and um, that that has um, been something that has been talked about but not really popular because uh, we literally live in each other's backyards. I mean, we're very close. We have workforces that are fluid. 50% of our workforce leaves every day for work in surrounding counties, and 50% of it comes in from surrounding counties. So we, we, we have this interconnected economy up and down the I-41 corridor, but we've never marketed that uh, to other businesses and so we we have finished our memorandum of understanding and all the documents that go with that and uh, each one of our boards are in the process of adopting that MOU and so I anticipate sometime third quarter early fourth quarter we will begin to market first to site consultants and then when, um, industry associations about what we have to offer a variety of different uh, sectors up and down this corridor and um, we're looking forward to that we're excited about that we work well together and uh, we believe that we have a good story to tell yeah that's very exciting you'll have to let us know how that goes oh it, it's uh, it's it's been two years in the making but now we're ready to to move forward and and make things happen w Wisconsin has you know it sometimes it struggles it 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 gets some bad press sometimes. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of viewed as a high cost 
state, it's viewed as a high tax state, which is not uh, necessarily the facts. And so we want to tell those stories out there. And, and we have an excellent workforce that's highly skilled. And we believe that once we begin to tell our story, people will pay attention. Absolutely wonderful. You'd mentioned earlier that you work with the statewide economic development group to talk about incentives. Um, what types of incentives do you offer? Well, the incentives on the state level typically are tax credits for uh, employment and they're performance based. So you don't get the credit unless you actually do what you say you're going to do. We operate the same way. All of our incentives are um, performance based. We audit each one of the companies that pro that we have provided incentives to annually. There's a uh, an annual audit, and if they perform, then they get the credit. If they haven't performed, they don't get the credit. So um, it's public money, and we have to be very prudent with how that public money is spent in a way that uh, guarantees the greatest return to our community. Well, and then a few last questions. What advice do you have for a young economic developer who is relatively early in his or her career? Um, I, I think one thing that um, is very important is hang on because somebody asked me the other day, what's your typical day like? And I'm going, there is no typical day. And that's what makes it fun. But I think th with the environment that we're in, it's, it's really critically important that economic developers understand change, understands how that change provides opportunities, and that they are um, willing to provide the leadership to help their communities deal with that change in a positive way. And in, in, in essence, become change masters on their own as well as innovators in the field. I think that one of the critical uh, challenges that economic development faces today, it's, it's got to quit trying to copy everybody and become innovators on, in their own right. Um, if we don't do that, then, you know, we're like thousands of thousands of other communities. I think you've got to set yourself apart by being an innovator and looking at different ways of doing things. And, um, you know, I, I always say never, ever assume anything. Uh, do your homework and be thorough. Sometimes a project is not what it seems to be on the surface, and I have found that to be true in my career. And, and so I think it's, it's critically important that, that economic developers today don't, don't get absorbed in the, the literature of the profession. Read outside the profession because that's where it's going to offer some opportunities to, to say, well, what if we did this because this is being done in this and this sector or this and this industry? There's applications across the board. And so, yeah, they're great resources for economic development. IEDC is wonderful. Um, the other thing is I think every economic development ought to be certified. Economic developers should be certified, work at it, get it, uh, because it is a mark that you're a professional in the, in the field. Um, but broaden your horizons on where you get information and where you get ideas. Don't just stay stuck inside the profession. Ignite new thoughts and new possibilities by 
expanding your reading, expanding your exploration of ideas and new approaches. Wonderful. Thank you so much. What is your favorite hobby? Anything outdoors. Really? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I love all seasons. I mean, when I first moved to Wisconsin, I had some of my friends in the South said, what are you doing? <laughs> so, well, I like snow. I like I like winter, um, and and this is truly a, a beautiful state for four seasons and something to do um, in every season. But I the outdoors is my way. It's my retreat, and I think um, the other thing I would recommend to any economic developer because this is an intense business, and you get absorbed in your work. Take some time for yourself. Go out and enjoy what you like to refresh your mind and to refresh your body. And if you don't do that, you'll get worn out. Wow, wonderful. Well, Steve, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and share some economic development wisdom and secrets with us. Well, it's been a pleasure, and um, I, I hope that uh, this uh, will benefit those who listen. Thanks for listening and catch us next month where we interview Sana Kendall from Fort Collins, Colorado. Economic Development Secrets is brought to you by Impact Dashboard, the only impact software built for economic developers.